world shall heal itself. Hello, everybody. Welcome, friends. Welcome back to yet another quarantine episode of I'm Horrified. We're still in our apartments. <laughs> yeah. There's always hope. I mean, we film these a couple days ahead of time, so there's always hope that the world shall heal itself by the time this is released. Yeah, maybe by the time you guys are watching this, we won't be socially distancing anymore. I would guess we will be. (laughs) We will. Um, But I'd settle for, like, being in the same room as you. Yeah. That would be lovely. Yeah, it's so nice to see your face like this every week. But I do do miss embracing you. I gotta be honest. I do, too. I do, too. But we're here Zooming together with all of you. Um, and last week we spoke briefly about, um, a huge transition in our lives from a world without Midnight Sun to a world with Midnight Sun, um, from a midnight to a mid-morning, if you will, because the sun coming out, Midnight Sun released. Um, And so for that reason, we thought that this episode, we would discuss our favorite YA novel, or the best YA novel. Yes. I'm describing my favorite. I'm describing my favorite, too, but I'll fight you. Favorite YA novel. Yes, exactly. We're not trying. I think the best is probably Harry Potter. Yeah. I think, like, globally, that's just, that's an accepted fact. And neither of us are going to talk about that. No. Um, Yeah, like, cultural impact-wise, it's probably HP. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Um, but it's just about our favorites, our hearts, our desires. Yes. So with that, Sam, what's your favorite YA novel? Absolutely. Um, so in 2005, um, a man named, named Scott Westerfield graced us with something beautiful. Uh, and that was the first in his book trilogy, or you could say it's four books, because he wrote one more that was, like, in that same world, but not with the same main character, so do what you will with that. But he graced us with Uglies, and I fucking loved Uglies and the whole series. Um, And I feel like it was pretty popular, but it wasn't, like, it certainly wasn't Twilight or Harry Potter status. But it was of that vein of, like, yeah, sci-fi E-Y-A that was huge at the time it was all yeah I've actually I was reading I obviously uh when I decided I was going to do this I went on tumblr and I typed in uglies just to see like what have we got and um first place to go yeah and someone made a comment that I was like oh word and they were like uglies just came out a little bit too early on like the YA dystopia phase yes for it to get like a movie option Mm -hmm. but if it had come out like three years later oh did it come out in like 2009 yeah yeah Absolutely. But so, um, I just want to talk a little bit about, like, the plot of Uglies so fast, and then just, like, why I loved it so much. Please. So, if you're not familiar with Uglies, honestly, read it. But it's, it is intended for middle schoolers, but read it. It's about this um, protagonist. Her name is Tally Youngblood. Uh, I fucking love her. That's such a YA name. I love it. Um, and she lives in a society, it's like 300 years in the future, and basically like society as we know it has collapsed because we were so re- like reliant on oil and like cutting down the environment to do things, which, yeah. Um, and <laughs> there was some kind of like technological warfare thing that happened that ate up all the oil. So like society just totally collapsed. 
So this is like 300 years after that. And we, they now live in like a perfect society, but the way they do that is that at 16, everyone gets a surgery that makes them like gorgeous. Like, <laughs> like it's, so it's tough, hot. It's a tough buy-in, but a great concept when you think about it. By the way, my partner's just entered. Can you come say hi? Come say hi to the people. Hello. <laughs> hi. <laughs> that's 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 uh, Chris. He has nothing to say about YA novels right now, though, so he'll stay out of the frame. Yeah, I'm begging him to. If he doesn't have something to add to the Ugly's conversation, it's like honestly, um, yeah. But um, so yes, so- I remember. It's like you. It's like it's like. Uh, it, I remember, just keep talking about it. I just, I have have so many conflictions about this. Yeah, so basically you turn 16 and you become, you get a surgery that just makes you like gorgeous and you get to move to like the city where like everyone who's between like 16 and probably like 30 lives to just be like gorgeous and have fun and like you get everything paid for for you because this is your time that you're supposed to be just like hot and stupid. And then around 30, you get a new surgery and then you become what they call, oh, so that surgery they call, you're now pretty. You start as zero to 15, ugly. Then 16 to like 30, you're pretty. Then from 30 to like your 50s, they call that like middle pretty. And so you get like your features like a little bit softened, but you're still so hot. And that's when you're supposed to like get a job and have kids and all that good stuff. And then later you like move to a retirement community and you just do whatever you want. So that's like the utopia of this world. But Tally, she, her best friend, uh, her name is Shay. The names are so good in this. Shay. And Shay is like, I don't know if I want to get the pretty surgery. And Tally's like, why the fuck wouldn't you want to get the pretty surgery? Like, you don't you want to be gorgeous and drink champagne all day? I would get the pretty surgery. (laughs) I know. I definitely would have. And Shay is like, no, like, I've heard about this community where, like, they don't do the surgery and I might run away. And Tally's like, that's a bad idea. But Shay does it. And then basically, like, the government comes to Tally and they're like, your friend ran away. And we know she's with this community of, like, rebellious people, but we can't find her. But we think she left clues for you to follow her if you wanted. So we need you to follow those clues and find them. And if you don't, we won't ever give you the pretty surgery. So you'll just have to be ugly forever. Wow. So she goes on this like adventure to like outside the city. She's got a hoverboard. That's the other thing is there's a shit ton of hoverboards in this, which is awesome. Yep. Sick, period. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just hovering. Everyone's just hovering. It's fucking cool. Um, she finds this community of people. Some of them have like fled the city and they had the surgery. And then like some of them never got the surgery and fled the city. And she falls in love with, like, this boy named David who, like, was raised in this community. And he's, like, she's, like, I don't know why I'm so attracted to him because he's ugly. But, like, I would like to make out. And it's, like, yeah, Tally, maybe what's inside is important. Um, You know, he's repulsive. Yes. But basically what gets revealed is that when you have the surgery at 16, they're not just changing you to be so gorgeous. They're putting, like, they're basically doing, like, brain surgery on you to make you, like, stupider. Mm-hmm. So you won't question That's anything. Being, hot people are stupid. Yes. So you won't it's question anything. True. You won't like rebel against this government. That's like in a lot of ways, pretty fucked up. Like you'll just be happy to like drink champagne for 15 years. And then most people keep those lesions in their brains their whole life. If you get a job like 
a firefighter or like someone who needs to have like quick reflexes and good cognitive abilities, you get them taken out. Um, but Tally finds that out and she's basically like, holy shit, maybe the pre-surgery is bad. And then the rest of the novels kind of like she ends up having to take the surgery and that totally changes her point of view. And like she has another boyfriend and it's just like, it's a wild series of events that happens and they're rebelling against this government. So that's the basics. But what I loved about this series was the world building. Mm-hmm. Like, not only is he giving giving everyone's names like Tally Youngblood and Shay. <laughs> and there's the like, last, I would like somebody to write a thesis paper about the last names of girls in <laughs> YA novels. Yes, absolutely. But like, he, there's all new slang. So like, they, like they people are like bubbly and that means like happy and cool and like yeah it's basically like, a clockwork orange but yeah it's basically you know, a clockwork orange uh but for teens much and less had a whole system for them. like nicknames like they call each other like tally wah and shay la and it's like well if your name ends in a vowel it's this and if it ends like he thought through like all this stuff he made this whole new society with its own laws and like a really distinct culture because he would be like, well, no one would really be like one culture or like one skin tone anymore because everyone's just getting the same pretty surgery when they turn 16. So yeah. <laughs> it's like so interesting. And he just like dives into it and it just gets wilder and like more kind of fucked up with every book. So I highly recommend. It's the three books are uglies and then pretties and then specials. And then there's a fourth book called Extras, which is in the same universe, but it's a different protagonist. It's like a couple years later. And now, and I just found this out today because I was Googling it, he's writing more books in the same universe. Is it 2008 again? Yeah, he came out with, I guess, the first one maybe like a year ago. Um, but it's this, kind of the same as Extras, where it's in the same world, but Tally is not the main character. It's like, since she has... Big spoiler, like, she overthrows the government. That shouldn't be a spoiler for a YA novel about a dystopia (laughs) in which a teen girl has to overthrow the government. She overthrows the government, everything changes. Um, This book takes place, like, 10 or 15 years into that change, like, how society has rebuilt itself in still kind of fucked up ways. So I'm going to fucking read that, too. What else am I doing? Hell yeah. I finished two romance novels this weekend. I need something else to read. So you need some literature. Amen. But that's the Ugly series, and it's fucking good. I loved those books. Wood endorse on Goodreads. Yes, love absolutely. that. I remember, I think I read them too. I wasn't quite so attached to them. But I do remember, like, I'm thinking, like, this world is crazy and kind of stupid, but very consistently drawn. Yeah. <laughs> like, the world building is genuinely pretty so well, good. Pretty well constructed. Like, yeah. some, like, everyone got on the, like, sci-fi dystopian wagon and it's a tough wagon um i'm gonna deviate i'm going in a totally different direction yes and there were i mean as i'm sure you feel the same way many ya novels that owned my ass like emotionally back in the day absolutely and when i think of ya novels i think my brain goes to like divergent hunger game mm-hmm. harry potter like this sort of big um sort of trilogies and uh um series that are this like huge epic arc but I think for me I kind of went like a different way into like 
the summer reading book YA um, genre, that like hyper emotional, like packs a punch YA novel um, that everybody reads at the end of August before you go back to school. So my (laughs) YA novel that is truly one of my favorites is Tuck Everlasting, um, which I think a lot of people have read. I think a lot of people our age will have read it. It's like where the red fern grows. Um, And where does it grow? So sad. Um, But so, so Tuck Everlasting, um, I think I did read it on a summer reading list. Mm-hmm. You know when you like get your summer reading list, your mom would take you to the library, yes. you'd look at all the covers, you'd pick out the ones you wanted. Um, I think it was probably 12 or 13 when I read it. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, it is a YA novel by Natalie Babbitt, and it is from 1975, which I forgot that it is older. It's on the older side. Um, and also, I'm going to spoil this. Uh, plot. <laughs> but if you're planning on reading it, um, this book from 45 years ago. But uh, so the plot centers around a girl named Winnie Foster. I think she's like 13 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, she like, where to begin? So she lives near this woods and she meets this family who have been given eternal life by drinking water from a spring in the woods near her house and she somehow like learns that they have eternal life and that they've been sort of frozen in time they never aged since when they drank the water from this spring and she grows close to them and learns about their experiences they all tell her stories she also starts having these like kind of romantic feelings for the 17 year old um son in the family um nothing inappropriate though because there's a little age difference um and uh all the while they're being chased around by this dude who's like caught on to the fact that they never age and is trying to find the spring water that gives you eternal life so he can sell it for bajillions of dollars capitalism um and so they end up like killing this guy because he's trying to kill them or some scuffle happens and then to um cover that up they have to run away so they don't get it discovered and so when he's staying there and they're off to their next destination and Jesse the 17 year old boy gives Winnie a bottle of the spring water and says you know take this when you turn 17 and I'll come back for you and we'll get married we'll live together forever literally um and she thinks about it and considers it but ultimately she pours it on a little frog and lets him live forever instead and later on the mother and father of the family come back and they see her grave and they see that she had blessed kids and this beautiful long life and um on her little grave is the little toad who lived um (laughs) and it's very sweet and quaint it reminds me of our town it reminds me of the good place (laughs) and it's got a very um it's just got this very sweet quality to it. I think it's the, like, the time in which it was written. It's got this very, like, um, Little Women, Louisa May Alcott quality to it. It's, like, kind of like a little fairy tale written in a novel form. Um, but why do I love it? I, I really do love it. I have such a soft spot in my heart for this book. Um, I think it is one of the better YA novels because it's geared for young adults, but it doesn't, like, talk down to them. Mm-hmm. And it embraces the lens of a young adult. Like, it it uses that to its advantage. It's not trying to work against the fact that it's for young readers. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's embracing the fact that young people have a really significant perspective on the world and they're taking things in in a different way than you take them in when you're an adult. Um, and there's this kind of in-between period of you feel like you know everything, but you also feel like you know nothing. <laughs> and um, you're learning about the world in that way. And so I think that um, the author does that really, really well. She does that really subtly. And she tackles these like large philosophical and moral questions with nuance, which is not something that happens in YA novels a lot. It's either like, I love this boy and we're both dying or something. Sorry, that's a read of John Green. Um, or like, this is about capitalism. <laughs> this is about morality. This is about, it's like either very heavy handed or kind of shallow mm -hmm. and I think that this is just like a really excellent novel that deals with um you know philosophy and morals and what it means to be alive and all these big things in a really kind of soft quiet way that lets you experience them which I think is great for young people because young people are thinking about these things too and literature helps you think about things in, in a different way <clears throat> and more deeply so so yeah great book also, there is an excellent low-budget movie <laughs> made from this book that came out in 2002. It stars Gilmore Girls' own um, Alexis Bledel yes. as Winifred Foster, and an unknown but incredibly dreamy, like, teen actor who I don't think has been in anything else as Jesse Tuck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and also I think there is, I don't even think this is a quote in the book, but in the movie, like as they're writing off, Jesse Tuck is like, Winnie Foster, I'll love you till the day I die. And it's like, he's never gonna die. And you're like, oh! Um, it's basically the notebook. But <laughs> it's just so cute and sweet. And I think that's the thing that I love the most about it. Like the book and the movie have this just like dreamy, romantic, innocent quality that's probably the only thing I miss about being 14 because I don't yeah. and yeah that energy is just unbeatable so so that's mine tuck everlasting a throwback so we love it uh a couple great series it's fun to remember like the YA novels you were obsessed with and think back on them and be like oh this is still good or like oh this was bad and like, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah oh wow but uh yeah. Oh, you know what just arrived? Is it your my cheesecake factory? factory yes. Oh my gosh. Well, guys, we gotta go. You'll notice in the um, original. So we do these two at a time, obviously. Yeah. Um, and last episode, I was like, "Oh, I'm ordering cheesecake factory tonight," and here we are. Here we go. Beautiful story arc. It's happened. Yeah. Um, so on that beautiful note. Um, we hope you're all doing well. Um, feel free to come hang out with us on Twitter at I'm Horrified Pod. Um, let us know if you have any fun topic ideas for us to cover. We will battle them out. Definitely. Let us know what your favorite YA novel is. Um, and be well, everyone. We love be you. Be well. Bye, guys. Bye.